Uh, every time you begin to study the book of Acts and you begin to uh, uncover these movements that God makes in the book of Acts, you learn something from it. And so the scripture today comes from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. And so let me read the scriptures so you'll be able to get a picture of what we're going to talk about. And uh, there it is. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is, a, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourselves, yourself to this chariot. And Philip ran tighter to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I accept some men should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb... Dumb before his shear, so open he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And when the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaks the prophet this? Of himself or some other person or the man? Then Philip opened his mouth begun at the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went in their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through he preached in all the cities, till he came to Caesarea. That's a wonderful scripture. You've got to sort of a, be uh, uh, this encounter of the evangelist with the Gentile uh, treasure of Candace. Candace is the queen. Another name for her is Kanduk, uh, 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 means a woman, a powerful woman, queen of the Ethiopians. Uh, 
a writer, historian called Eusebius, in his work Church History, says that Philip met an Ethiopian eunuch, Candace of Hush, south-southern Egypt. If you go to Egypt and go to southern Egypt, you come to today modern Sudan. And, uh, and so the lady was Kendak, means great woman. Uh, Ethiopian uh, in those days was governed by uh, ancestral customs. And this man had great authority, Acts 8.27, great authority. And so, I want to call your attention to the salvation of an officer of the country of those days called Ethiopia. And uh, it, it is significant because God is preparing evangelist Philip to minister to a very, very, very important person that would, in fact, uh, uh, disseminate the power of the gospel through southern Egypt. And so this is a big deal. We're not talking about just one person here. The Holy Spirit uh, is, is, is about uh, to do something here that will uh, greatly bring uh, a witness of Christ into uh, the world. So when God is about to do great exploits like this, you begin to see an orchestration of events that take place. What do you mean by that? Is that as you begin to hear what's happening before you, and as you begin to, to approach the subject or be involved into the exchange, during that five minutes before you meet someone, to the next five minutes that God begins to give direction, is the most important time in communicating the gospel to someone. And I've been telling you and talking to you about, about this. I, I led many people to Christ by, by uh, or observing this concept, that the first five minutes... In the, uh, of meeting someone, and then after meeting, the next five minutes dictates an interaction, an orchestration of the Holy Spirit, because God moves real fast when He's about to minister to somebody that is about to receive salvation. So, uh, let me stop for, for just a moment. I want to give you an example of that, okay? Uh, many, many years ago, I began to talk about Jesus to a man called Robert from Atlanta. And, uh, of course, I shared the gospel with him, and I told him about uh, Jesus and about Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And then I talked to him about Jesus, uh, uh, the way he died on the cross, he resurrected. And, uh, and of course, uh, he ascended into heaven, and then Pentecost occurred in the growth of the church. And all based on accepting, believing that Jesus Christ and confessing. If you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you'll be saved. That simply means the confession comes when you realize what's going on. And so, when that begins to happen, there's an orchestration. There's a movement. Every time the Holy Spirit begins to move to do something, there's, there's, there's movement. For instance, I'm sitting down in an office. And I'm counseling for about five hours, six hours, a group of people from that church. 
just like each one stays in a Sunday school room in prayer, and I go from Sunday school room to Sunday school room ministering. Now remember that uh, I came in this 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 room, uh, Sunday school room, and there was a man kneeling down, uh, 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 and and his body resting on top of the table. Of course, the thing about this man is that he was bigger kneeling down than I was than I was standing up, and I noticed that. Now, th- what does that mean? It means that. Uh, this is a tall man in contrition. If you look at him, you realize that he is kneeling and he is deeply moved. Now, that, it simply means a door is open and whatever now I'm going to hear, whatever now I'm going to see, what I'm going to do, it will come to a revelation from God. I have to have that revelation. I, I do not want to move anywhere until that revelation comes. And so I came in, okay, and he looked at me and began to pray again. And I sat down on the chair. Now when I sat on that chair, I had a, a vision. It was a clear vision, like a good, good, good picture. Uh, there was a, it was a, a, a restaurant, a dark restaurant, it's a, uh, uh, the walls were not beige, but they were uh, dark wood, means a fancy place, chandeliers everywhere, and lots of tables going all the way down there. And I saw this man that was kneeling down <coughs> uh, as a boy, a little boy, and holding his, his, the hand of another man much bigger than him and older than him. I saw the word old. I saw the, the boy young. He was pushing the man's arms and walking as if the man that he is holding hands with was blind. He wouldn't see. He wasn't able to see. And so the little boy was holding and bringing this old this man uh, uh, into a table, moving forward. In that in that that moment, without any hesitation, I simply said to the fellow that was kneeling down on the Sunday school room, "How long has your father been gone?" Of course, he said thirty years, but I still cannot let him go. I miss him. I go to a cemetery every single week. I have an involvement with my father for 30 years. And it's about time to kill me because I can't let him go. And I need him. So I prayed that God would release his father from him. And the love that he had for his father would be transferred to God. And so I tell him to, to raise his hands up. And he began to pray, began to cry. And I led him into a long prayer. And that was the healing. Of that man uh, that I'll never forget. Remember, orchestration. Here is Philip, and he is uh, uh, receiving from an angel. So let's take a look. Now, is this something popular in the Bible? Oh, very popular. It's all over the New Testament. The orchestration of God and the Holy Spirit in the events 
that occur. For instance, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go to Nineveh. Jonah goes to Tarshish instead of fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Jonah confesses who he is, a servant of God. God sends a storm. is about to, about to <laughs> destroy that ship. And, uh, and, uh, and they're looking for the reason. Who? What's going on? This storm came over us. And they, and they get to, to Jonah. And Jonah confesses, ah, it's me. I, I'm running from God. Instead of going to Nineveh, I'm going to Tarshish. So Jonah is cast overboard. The sea calms down. You see, all of this is orchestration. Now, it is important that you understand that. It is because you need to know when God is moving in your life and doing things. And sometimes you are so lost into direction, you don't know what to do next. Let me give you another example. And I'm just talking from my heart and, and telling you this. I'll be teaching tomorrow on the same subject, on this same scripture. So join me tomorrow morning also. Now, there is an appointment coming in for counseling uh, uh, next week. I've seen the lady's face on a picture, on an email, on a text. So I've been praying for her. Now, I heard all kinds of things when I look at that picture. And what I saw and what I need to do is already determined because I have a vision of her in the picture. Now, you probably say, Rick, you're just a little bit odd. You know, you're a Brazilian evangelist and you're just a little too much. Well, I tell you, God is not too much. In other words, I want to pray for that lady and I open the channel of God to reveal Himself to me <coughs> in every single detail in my life. And I want, to, I want to make sure that she lives over here blessed. doesn't make me crazy, out of order. Unbalanced. It's a biblical fact. It's a it's a it's a fact of biblical history. God reveals His ways to the one who wants to hear it, and I want to hear it. So if I if I'm hearing it, <laughs> I know it's already a victory because I know what to pray for her. I know exactly. I've seen her house. I've seen her living room. Oh, you're a seer. I don't care what you call me, a seer, or this, or that. I don't care who I am. I'm not interested in me. All I know, I want to get it done. So that lady coming next week is going to be blessed because I, I'm going to describe her, her living room, and she will, and she will find out, how do, I, how do you know my living room? And I'll say to her, because that's where the problem is, and that's why you're sick. Now, so God, when determined, will accomplish His purpose. Nothing stays out of the hands of God. In our story that we're dealing with today on Philip and, and the treasure of, of the Ethiopians uh, is the same. It begins first with an angel coming to Philip. Not a dream, not a vision, but an angel. Now I want to say something to you. When you see an angel bringing the Word of God to a certain person, you are witnessing a personal touch. There's a difference between an angel and a vision. Which one is more personal? The vision or the angel? No question. Moses, well, Abraham was visited by three angels to tell him that Sarah would have a baby. 
Why three? Uh, I guess. <laughs> they came to eat. And, and Sarah cooked them. And when Sarah heard about Sir having a... She started laughing. She was 90 years old. God sent an angel to communicate a personal message to a woman, Sarah, married to Abraham. Well, well let's go back. Moses heard the voice of an angel and looked... And he was inside of the flame talking to him, the burning bush. And of course, there comes the beginning of a great move of God that was orchestrated to the last minute, letting the people that were slaves in Egypt free to Canaan. Also, God sent an angel to Gideon. And, uh, and Gideon is just worn out completely. He's bothered and tormented. He do not know what to do next. And the angel says something to him. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know? I mean, if somebody comes to me and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I say, hey, who are you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that I, I have nothing. Okay, so remember Mary? As she is met with Gabriel. Gabriel is an archangel of God. In, in terms of... Angel, uh, uh, he is big. He's the best angel in heaven. And he comes and says, Little Mary, you're going to have a baby without Joseph. And he is the son of God. Oh my goodness. She pondered on those words. So God also sends an angel to Philip. So that is why I'm saying to you that the meeting of Philip with the treasure of, Can- of the Queen Candace of, of, of Egypt, uh, of the Ethiopians, it's an important meeting. Important in many, many ways. And of course, uh, I don't have time to deal with what the result of this meeting is. But I begin to read last night and tomorrow I'll tell you. So, no other information. Tell him, go, to, go south. He didn't tell him what to do there. He didn't tell them how to wear uh, clothing, how to get there, maybe get a bus. There's no bus in those days, so he had to walk. How, how, how much walk? A hundred miles. Now, tell me this. If you, <laughs> if you are sitting in your office and a man walks in and says, go to uh, Worthen, Georgia. What do you do? Now, Warden is about an hour and a half from here. I don't know how many miles, but 75 miles, 80 miles. Highway walking, all days, all days walk, a couple of days journey. Well, maybe three days. It doesn't say anything. Why does that seem to be a way in which God leads? Now, the name of the road doesn't say, but it says the road that goes to Gaza. Now, is that something God tests you and tells you what to do? Oh, that's the way He does. He does it on a very... In other words, if you can obey the voice of God, and you know is the voice of God, you do anything. If you can hear the voice of God, and you do exactly what you hear... Wonderful things can happen in your life. I would say the best experiences I've ever had, the most wonderful experiences in evangelism, 
the 50 some years that I've been carrying a guitar and singing here and there, those times are the most impressive, the most powerful, and the ones that I will never forget. And they have hundreds and hundreds of stories. But I want to tell you a little story when I was a little boy of how God came in in the life of my father. We drove many, many hours on this motorcycle with a sidecar. I was in the sidecar, and there was a suitcase packed behind me, and we went to this revival church, a Methodist church revival in Brazil. And, uh, and when we got to the place we were supposed to stay at somebody's house, they told us there was a storm coming that will completely destroy the revival and all the pamphlets that have been invited, all the meals. People cannot leave their houses. Uh, people are just concerned about the storm. In Brazil, when it rains, it doesn't pour. It dumps, you know, 10, 15 inches at a time. You can see in Rio de Janeiro, when it rains, I mean rains, you can see cars passing by. <laughs> I had a bus there that moved a little bit as we parked to get out to go to church. And we couldn't touch the floor, the, the ground. The water was get, on the first step of the, of the bus, climbing the bus. We, we had a, a tough time. So I know what rain is. And so my father asked me to sit down there. And he goes a mile north, stops and prays, God, hold the rain, God. This meeting is really important for the life of the church. And then he goes on the, goes right a, a, a mile. And in other words, he made a, a square around the, the church. And he would pray and pray and scream and yell in the middle of the street. Nobody there. And, uh, and I thought my daddy was totally out. Well, it rained, but it never rained in a mile radius around the church. And the church was packed with people. It's not raining. Now, I saw that with my very eyes. I will never forget. Now, tell me this. Wouldn't that influence your spiritual life? When you become a little odd like me, if you had experiences of this in your life, wouldn't you be, you know, in, in 1970s, people used to say... Uh, Rick is a little crazy. Crazy Rick. I remember that. Well, Philip was one of those. In verse 27, I'll stop right there and have a prayer with you because I'll teach tomorrow again. It says, And he rose and went. He rose and went. Now what happens after that and uh, Johnny used the word yesterday, inconsequential. Is that right? It's a good word. What, what happens after that, he arose and went, is inconsequential. I mean, it is important. We're going to cover that. But it's all done. Because if you can't obey the voice of God, it's what, let me tell you this. I have a house in Athens. It's an older house, 40 years old with a major problem. My septic tank is about to, 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 to go down the hill. 
along with all the dirt in, in the back of the house. And God sent a man from Jacksonville, Florida with a crew. And in a matter of a week, he repaired that embankment with railroad ties. God spoke to him, and the wall was done. It's just an amazing turn of events. Now let me ask you this. What is that God is doing in your life in this nature? Have you had an experience in which the hand of God powerfully touches your life? When you go to Cuba with us, it happens every single trip. People are touched in power, renewed as the presence of God comes in the sanctuary and you know it. It's not a fake or emotional. It is the presence of the Almighty God. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you had an experience like this? Because I can tell you, Philip really wants one. <laughs> Philip, Philip is really, 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 I mean, you know, uh, I, I, when I read this, I could hear the, the heart of Philip pumping. It says, and he arose and went. <laughs> I mean, arose and went simply means, I don't care what is going to happen. Uh, what happened? I, I know this. I, 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 I know what I know it in my heart. I'm going to have, oh God, I know it. We don't see the emotion of the evangelist or the prophet or the teacher or the pastor. And what's missing in American life is that emotional, that, that, that's experiential, that, that presence, that renew. There's a man in our Bible study in Atlanta. His name is David Nutter. Every time I see David Nutter, a gifted man of God, he is having an experience with Jesus. He's just turned on. Turned on. There's a light inside of that man that shines about 10, 20, 30 feet before you get close to him. And he is overwhelmed by the presence of the Almighty God. How do you feel today? Are you drained out in the COVID situation, the election, uh, all that's going on in the world today? How do you feel? If you live in Georgia, and how is Georgia Tech doing? How is Georgia doing? Uh, what's going on with the, the football team? Are you sort of a discouraged and bothered? You need an experience with the Savior. So lift your hands, would you, straight up with me like this. Uh, this is when you are being robbed in downtown Atlanta. But this, just like this, is when you are, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Bless you, God, for my life. Renew my strength, Lord. Encourage me. I want to be a type that I hear and I go. And just like Philip, he arose and went. I want to do the same. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Abraham, and led them through the wilderness into the promised land. In boundless love and mercy, he gave his only son who became the sacrifice for everyone.